Tonight, rumors swirl of CM Punk wanting a buyout for his AEW contract. Wrestling has another Super Saturday coming up as AEW and WWE NXT will be presenting shows on the same day, but will they both lose out to the UFC? Speaking of which, are you willing to pay to watch slap fighting? Plus, former IBA Super Heavyweight Champion of the World and ruiner of Bart Gunn's boxing career, Butterbean joins me and issues a challenge. All on Sunday night's main event. We love professional wrestling. Acknowledge me. This is Sunday night's main event. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? What an impact! Hey, I'm Mike McGuire. Welcome to Canada's Wrestling Radio Show Sunday night's main event powered by Great Lakes Beer, a fiercely independent brewery. Order online at greatlakesbeer.com. We are finding ourselves in squared circles of all different kinds this week as the pro wrestling and combative sports world seem to be getting closer and closer to looking and sounding a lot alike. We're going to talk to you about all that. And we do it for free every week on the air across Canada on TSN Radio, the iHeartRadio and News Talk Network, on our affiliate radio stations across the country, and online at snmeradio.com. If you want this show early, including the extended episodes, full-length interviews, daily podcasts covering a whole bunch of things from wrestling to music, trivia, and a lot more, sign up for our Patreon for about a buck a week, patreon.com slash Radio. That'll also get you into our year-end best-of and worst-of lists. If you want to submit your suggestions, you can get in there now. Again, patreon.com slash Radio. All right, lots happened behind the scenes this week. Let's talk about some of those stories in this week's Five Count. You want to hear the breaking news? Could the greatest return to wrestling end with a quiet buyout? Earlier this week, Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer reported that CM Punk's AEW contract could be entering buyout negotiations. Now, the belief is that a non-compete clause is the only thing standing in the way of the deal being done. Now, want to specify immediately, none of this is confirmed. We will talk to Dave more about this in the show coming up. Specifics on Punk's contract were never revealed as far as the length, money, or any other factors, but these are all stemming from Punk's post-AEW all-out press conference where he sounded off on everything from his former friendship with Colt Cabana to an alleged brawl, which happened backstage following that press conference. Again, I'm going to try and get to the bottom of this with Dave Meltzer coming up in our next segment. Uh, it was physical, right? We know yeah. how physical it was, and you, know, right. you don't want to see a match end that way, but no, we hope that, that Hangman's okay. That clothesline had a plethora of impact behind it, and you just see the way Hangman landed, you know? It certainly did, and, and you know, kudos to our medical staff identifying the danger, identifying just exactly what the situation was. I think they got a gurney out there. I'm looking past our monitors here, and uh, hey, she's yeah, it's okay. Not good. No, yep. it's not good. Yeah, it was a scary scene on AEW Dynamite this past week. The latest on Hangman Adam Page after he was seemingly knocked out during his match against John Moxley this past Wednesday has Adam Page in AEW's concussion protocol. The match was going along just fine until Page took a seemingly normal lariat clothesline out of the corner from Moxley. Referee Paul Turner was quick to notice and wave in medical staff, and Page was taken from the ring by stretcher. There has been no update on Hangman Adam Page's status as of yet. 
you know, I, I saw a lot of a lot of the goofballs out there talking shit. Um, goofballs being media guys, uh, you know, talking about oh, what's next, mallets and stupid shit like that. The bottom line is, if if you watch a boxing match, guys get hit with three, four hundred punches in a fight. These guys are going to get hit with three slaps. That is the UFC's Dana White, a little myth that some people aren't taking his bid to have slap fighting be considered a serious sport in North America. Now, I'm not one to say where you get your entertainment from, but I will say that Dana White is doubling down on the fact that people would want to pay to see slap fighting, maybe even in a pay-per-view capacity. Earlier this week, it was announced the Nevada State Athletic Commission will be regulating his slap fight league. White says the move to regulate the competition was to do the right thing and make sure it was conducted safely. He says that some MMA fighters have already reached out to him to take part in the new slap fight league. There's no official announcement yet as to how it will actually be broadcast or sold, but championship slap fighting coming to a screen near you. Dominic Dijakovic could be the latest face back on WWE NXT during last night's Halloween Havoc premium live event, which you can catch a free recap of from Boris and Matt on our SNME radio podcast network. A burning mask similar to that of T-Bar from Retribution was shown. Of course, T-Bar was the name that Dijakovic got when he got called up to the main roster. Safe to say that character didn't really take off. In a post-event media call, Shawn Michaels confirmed There were plans to reverse course on some previous decisions made with talent, seeming to hint that we will see Dijakovic back sooner than later. And yes, the man who ruined the brawl for all success for Bark Gun, Eric Esch, better known as the former IBA super heavyweight boxing champion of the world, as well as being a kickboxer, MMA fighter, and even dabbling in pro wrestling, Butterbean is talking about getting in the ring one more time. Last night, after a special celebrity appearance for a fundraiser, I got the chance to sit down with Butterbean. And while as a pro wrestling fan, I I did talk to him a little bit about the Brawl for All Instant WrestleMania 15. Let's face it, it's basically been talked to death. He did tell me that he had plans to get back in the ropes at least one more time. At age 56, Butterbean has dropped a lot of weight. He's also had both hips replaced. But you'll hear from him tonight on Sunday night's main event what his future plans just may be. Coming up, I want to feel good about hearing this music again, and maybe we will, maybe we won't. We don't know. CM Punk could be on the way out of wrestling again, or does he want to be headed elsewhere? Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer is up next right here on Sunday Night's Main Event. This is Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. Here in Canada, we have several regionally specific phrases that arise when said vernacular is considered appropriate, i.e., the funny-sounding term, shinny. Shinny is a game of ice hockey played without the standard head-to-toe body armor. Instead, only skates, gloves, a hockey stick, and preferably a helmet is worn. And, if you're Mike Lackey, GLB's brewmaster, you wear the same pair of shinny pants day in and day out from December until March. A common code of ethics is employed during a game of shinny. For example, raising the puck off the ice is strongly discouraged for fear of being struck in the shins or worse, elsewhere. However, the most common practice takes place off the sheet of ice. Mandatory post-shinny beverages with your team and boy does Great Lakes Brewery have the beer for that. Shinny Pants Session Stout, a beer inspired by Mr. Lackey's well-worn and well-stained pants. Oh man, you spilled beer on my shinny pants, bud. Shinny Pants Session Stout. Drink it fresh, please. 
It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event. He's a man who may or may not take Dana White's invitation to join his new slap league. Oh, geez. <laughs> Dave Meltzer is joining us. Uh, what do you think of this whole slap fight thing? Um, I hate, I, I don't know, I, I, I hate it. I'm not even sure why. I guess I guess because of the um, what we've learned about brain trauma and everything. Yeah. Just standing there. It's like I watch kickboxing and boxing and, and MMA, and there's a lot of brain trauma in all those, and then football and, of course, professional wrestling, okay? Right. And so, and I like, you, you kind of like learn to, you know, say that like, and the stuff isn't really good for you. And I, I really hate it in pro wrestling when guys like do stuff that's really dangerous to their heads. I mean, I, I, and their necks to, as well, but it is controlled to a degree. And then with the other sports, it's, it's inherent in the sport, but with slap fighting, it's like, it was a thing where it's slap fighting as in boxing, but you're slapping, you know what I mean? And you bob and weave and you have defense, you know, I don't know how marketable it would be, but well, I, if, if he's doing it, he's got to see money somewhere. I'm trying to figure out how he's going to sell it. That's that's my biggest thing. I don't sense that, you know, you're just watching two people slap the hell out of each other, I, especially with Dana and Lorenzo that, you know, it, it comes off very low class to me. And, and I don't consider Lorenzo by any means a low class person or anything like that, even though, you know, Lorenzo was a big UFC fan and, and, and helped make UFC into this giant company that it is and him and Dana, you know, but I am not a fan of the idea of you just standing there and slapping each other until somebody drops with, with no defense. You know what I mean? It's like you can't block or anything. So I'm not a fan of it. I don't think it's going to make it. Well, I guess Dana's uh, argument is, is that boxers can take hundreds of shots to the face. These guys get three slaps each and that's it. So well, there is that. But I mean, I guess time will tell. I don't see how it makes it past TikTok. Like he's got to sell everything around it. You can't sell a pay-per-view on this, can you? I don't think so. Not not until you have big, big names. So I don't know what his marketing strategy is. I haven't really even read about his marketing strategy. So I, really, I really shouldn't say. And I don't know what, you know, if yeah. he can get it on TV and all that other stuff. I'm not a fan of the commission. You know, I've seen doctors say the same thing. You know, of course, they will say that about boxing, too. I'm not a fan of um, it being regulated as a sport or anything like that. And I know uh, that there's. There's talk about, you know, redoing, you know, the thing that they did in Canada with the hockey fights. I know that there's been talk about that as well. You know, Dana being involved in some pro wrestling promoters being involved, or or I should say MMA promoters being involved in um, hockey fight shows. So we'll see. All right. Well, we have a uh, actual boxer in Butterbean about to make an announcement here on the show from last night. He was here in Saskatoon. But let's talk to you about what we always talk about, Dave. And that is, of course, the latest goings on in professional wrestling. Uh, The big story that came from your show. This is something we talked about a few weeks ago. The speculation that there might be a buyout attempt on CM Punk's contract based on everything that happened after All Out with the press conference, with the dissension, with the alleged backstage brawl. Again, this is all things that have yet to be actually confirmed by anyone behind the scenes, although we're now seeing the shakedown from the termination of Ace Steel's contract as a uh, agent. And now the apparent move is a buyout here. So is this something we can confirm or is this still speculative? I mean, nobody's confirmed it. I know it's been talked about. Okay. Um, I know that there's negotiations going on in that, you know, but the, I cannot confirm anything final in the negotiations until those are final. I mean, anything right. can happen. I mean, and they may be, 
maybe they can do a reconciliation. I know there's, there's a lot of people who want a reconciliation. I know that a lot of the talent in AEW would, would not want that. You know, I think that that's Tony's in a bad position. You know, I mean, I mean, but, you know, that's that's the job when you're the owner. You're always going to be in a bad position when it comes to things and, and talent and stuff. And yeah. in a lot of ways, like you wish it didn't happen this way, but it did. And um, yeah, it looks like Punk won't be back and they're negotiating the, the terms of the non-compete. And that's where it stands. Now, and, with that non-compete, we'll get to that in a second here, but it seems to be the popular rally cry is to to dump it all on punk based on the things he said after the press conference. Was he right or wrong in doing that? I look back at it now and be like, well, he was explosive about it, but yeah, probably not the best time or place to bring up that discussion at the same time. I, I don't think it's fair to totally level all the blame for the buildup to that moment on him either. There was a lot of rumors. There's a lot of stuff being said behind the scenes about, Punk's involvement in uh, issues like Colt Cabana and uh, other issues with talent. At the end of it all, it still kind of stems back to Tony, doesn't it? Because we, we've got a, an issue. Tony, here you where- know, Tony, Tony's the guy in charge. And, yeah. um, you know, you could see a lot of the stuff coming when the, when the thing happened on television and he did the thing with Adam Page, he probably should have been reprimanded in some way because, you know, it, it basically did something off the script and made Adam Page, who's one of their top baby faces, look really, really bad on live TV. Like you can do that in an interview on a podcast and you can do that in a, even go on Twitter and do that. But to do that, like on a live television show when people don't know what's happening, I thought that that was bad. And and that really led to everything. Well, that what could is- even stem back to Adam Page's weird promo, too, though, when when he kind of went off and, and did his own thing, talking about the type of person CM Punk was. So, I mean, again, I, I just. I don't see it being quite as black and white as as well, nothing, wrestling black. fans want to make it as as it is. You know, it's like nothing, either this nothing. person's the bad guy or this person's the bad guy. Well, well, in life, there's, there's no good guys and bad guys. Exactly. It's all shades of gray. And a lot of yeah. people made a lot of mistakes in, in a lot of directions. Um, but there's repercussions of those. I mean, like, you know, Adam Page did that line. And perhaps, you know, that line was the, the but it was back in May and nobody like nobody really noticed. Whereas the punk thing was was way too big of a receipt for the Adam Page line. The press conference thing, it was kind of like insulting of the company in so many ways and really trying to bury like a guy who's never done anything in wrestling, who was headlined pay-per-views and been their world champion and been one of the key guys in the company. So it made the company look bad. And a lot of people were upset about that. But right. that that one didn't bother me. Now, the, the um, I mean, it bothered me. I shouldn't say that. I, I, I thought it was very weird being being there and everything. But that was something that could be worked out. You know, the brawl changed everything. And when that happened, yeah. You know, and again, I've heard a million different stories. I've heard many different stories and and we're not none of us were there. There were no cameras there. So we don't know exactly what happened. So it's kind of like up to the people who did the investigation, which they did do to figure out what the deal is. And, you know, the decision was made, you know, on punk. And we don't know what the decisions made on the Young Bucks and Omega. I mean, there's certainly a lot of speculation that they're going to be coming back now that this thing seems to be on the verge of being settled. Um, but I don't know that 100 percent either. You know, I mean, we have to we, we kind of have to wait and see. You know, I, I think in the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to know something one way or the other on that. Well, I found it's- it very interesting that even at the Toronto tapings, they had Canadianized elite shirts made. Those were made before this all happened. Okay. Now, they could they could have pulled them. But it's like we have all these shirts. You right, know? I, right. I mean, so and my gut is that I think my gut is they're going to be back. I don't know in what capacity. So there's, you know, there's still all these questions left yeah. unanswered that I believe will be answered between now and a month from now. Put it that okay. way. Okay. 
Okay. So going back to, and again, this is all speculative, I guess, at this point, because nothing has been confirmed here. If there is a non-compete clause that is holding up this buyout or whatever, is there interest, you think, from WWE? Would they want him? Because there didn't seem to be that much interest before, even with the whole backstage thing that happened with that show on Fox. Would he want to go to WWE? Because he's also been very public saying that why would he go back to the place that made him sick? Uh, he said that in his opening promo in AEW just a year ago. I mean, what would be the holdup on this non-compete thing? Where can he go? Well, I, I, I mean... If he wanted to do indies or even New Japan, I don't even see AEW having any issues with that at all. So it's it's obviously would be WWE. And so the fact that it's being discussed must mean that uh, he has an interest uh, in some form. And whether they do and how his strong, his level of interest, I have no idea. But there must be something, okay? Mm -hmm. Big, small, I don't know. WWE, I couldn't even tell you. I know that they very much had told me um you know before that there was no interest you know times change and a new person in town and i mean he didn't get any along with that person punk didn't get along with paul levesque you know especially well either um but i mean again well, red road dog just came out and blasted him on his, on his podcast about a month ago saying that you know he wasn't a nice guy to deal with all these other things and yeah i mean those are all those are all things and at the same time the one thing that you know this business revolves around is money and we all know that a punk return, like like they may have been able to go, ah, you know, a punk return wouldn't really um, be that big of a deal. But they saw in AEW how big a deal it was. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not in their heads as far as like, what would they want to do? I could see some very heated and interesting discussions about money versus morale and things like that. And I don't know which they would do. They don't need him. I mean, that's the yeah. key. They don't need him. So maybe in that regard. They don't take him, but Vince Vince was also always the guy who, if the public wants something, I try to deliver and they could certainly, you know, Paul learned from Vince and he could go, well, if the public wants it and we're in a wrestling war, you know, it's going to be Paul Levesque's decision, probably with a little help from Nikon and everybody, but I couldn't tell you what it is. And I don't even know if they know 100% what it is. We're talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. This is Sunday night's main event. Dave, you uh, got a little bit of blast back from uh, Captain Sean Dean. I don't know if you've seen this or not already, but uh, I, I, I mean, I know of it. I know of it. And, and the, basically what, what happened, somebody had brought up something to me. Well, about I, I got to set it up here, right? So the Thunder Rosa injury, which she has been under fire for being accused of faking a back injury. Well, uh, it's not. It, she has a real injury. I could tell you that. Oh, sure. and I, I don't doubt that either. But I'm just yeah. this is all the stories that are coming out. Some people are saying that there's belief backstage that she might be faking it. Uh, there seem to be a lot of digs on TV about Tony there had been. being interim champ and oh, and yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff that really, in my opinion, doesn't need to be on TV uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. But hey, I, I'm not a wrestler in AEW right now, but it seems to be kind of building a case against Rosa and then you had pointed out maybe some talents around her that she had brought in with her weren't being used as of late, where Captain Sean Dean said, no, 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 this, is, this isn't this is right. They're all in good standing. And and then he had some kind of choice words back to you here. So, I mean, is this just but something he's, where... He's, he's, I mean, he's correct in the sense of... I mean, I, I was just... Somebody brought up to me that none of them have been used. And I had basically said, well, you know, they, they did push Kylan King a little bit. You know, they started giving her some wins and then she disappeared. Um, or hasn't been used in a little while. But the gist is, I, you know, after I wrote that, 
people told me from there and they just basically said that, you know, the Maddie Renkowski is going to be used when they get back to Texas and Kylan King will be used again. And it was just one of those things. It was one had nothing to do with the other. So my observation on Kylan King uh, not being there, but it, it did have nothing to do with Thunder Rosa. And they are all in you know good standing. And Kylan King's been used, I think, in NWA. You know, she's doing some work there. So that's a basic just well, and that's just it too. I mean, there's a lot of these talents that aren't like officially signed on, signed on full time. Well, yeah, none, right? none, so, none of them are under contract. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense then. Okay, or, or under under a full time contract. So they're all they all do some shows. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to take sides in this whole thing. I just want to get uh, there are no the, sides. The latest, I mean, it's the latest information it's, on it, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, no, no, no. Sean was right. I mean, it's just like I didn't report that. You know, they're in bad standing. Yeah. I just I just noted when somebody brought up, hey, look, none of them have been used, and I I thought. Well, with, you know, some of them, it's like whatever. But with Kylin, I just thought, OK, she hasn't been used. I brought that up. But, you know, I was told immediately that they're they're all fine and it's not it's not an issue or anything. OK, let's stick with AEW here. Something kind of scary that happened on Wednesday. We hear that he's going to be OK. He's under concussion protocols right now. But after that Larry clothesline that Hangman Adam Page took from John Moxley in their main event world title match, it got a little scary there. We heard Taz, out of all the commentators, really kind of living in the moment. Of course, Taz has had similar neck injuries and things like that. There was some fear there might even be paralysis as he was leaving the ring on a stretcher. But now we found out again that he's going to be okay. Have you heard any timeline for Adam Page's return? If it's going to be a lengthy stay? or No one's one's going to know because it's it's a concussion. And concussion can be, you know, he could be okay in a week or two. And he could be, it may take longer. I mean, there's there's, there's no speculation i you know at all as far as it's just when he can clear when he's ready and it, it yeah there's there's no way of knowing you know hopefully the sooner the better is all i can say we did get a date for ring of honors next pay-per-view and then nxt deadline was announced to be on the same day maybe a different time is this coincidence or is this a predatory move dave um, I think that it actually is coincidence. Um, I, the, first, the the last time it happened, I thought it was a predatory move, but I could be wrong. To me, if it was a predatory move, WWE would have gone head-to-head time-wise, and they didn't do that. And somebody mentioned to me that they wanted to do a December one, and that was the only weekend that they could have done it. They, you know, Obviously, you don't want to do Christmas Eve. You don't want to do New Year's Eve. And I think that they felt they have just done a show you know, this past uh, last night. So it's kind of like, you know, you they, they want to space it out. So my impression is this is just a coincidence. Unlike the last one where I'm, you know, obviously they had added a show um, and, uh, you know, to go right before the AEW pay-per-view show. All right. We're talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Dave, something we've been talking about a little bit off and on here, and especially with the Rampage tapings and live broadcasts, it seems to be the biggest issue but AEW ticket sales, again, we're, we're seeing numbers in the less than 3,000s in some cases. I mean, that's Daly's place, but still, yeah. n- numbers are struggling across the board here. Is this something that, that AEW should be concerned about, or do you see this as something they can rebound from? Because well, you can always the numbers are low. You can always rebound from it, but yeah. Um, you know, I think that the last several weeks um, in most cities, I the numbers have been a little lower than I than you would like. And it's it's absolutely something to be concerned about. You know, the Daily's Place doesn't isn't so much because I think they were higher than the last time they were in Daily's Place. Daily's Place is a tough place for them to draw off or whatever, you know, just because, you know, they ran there so many times. But like the last Philadelphia and the Cincinnati, you know, the last week and some of the other ones, they've been softer than I would have liked, especially Cincinnati with the Moxley Adam Page match and being in Moxley's hometown. And the advances for these shows coming up, um, 
you know, in most markets are not particularly great. So it's an issue. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, they need to get something hot. I think losing Punk and the Young Bucks and Omega all at once, you know, being off TV, I don't think that that helped any. I think that there's there's other reasons, too. I think that some people would say that they've, they're running too much in the Northeast and the ticket prices are very high. WWE also charges high prices. Uh, WWE is, is drawing better. Um, for a while, they that was you know they were they were kind of even. I mean, WWE probably was a little ahead in some markets, but it was a very competitive thing. And now WWE is ahead by by more. But that's the same with television rings. There is a gap between the two companies, and uh, it was closing for years, and now it's growing. And I think that that's just the story of the ebbs and flows of a wrestling war. You can always come back from it. But again, like WWE added Bray Wyatt, they added Cody Rhodes. Um, the booking change has been for the better. And AEW lost a lot of talent, you know, so it, you know, I mean, with the Young Bucks and Punk and Kenny Omega. So I think that that has increased the gap. And now it's up to AEW. And it's a tough thing. I mean, they present good television um, and they present great matches um, to turn that around. And can they? I mean, look, I've, we've seen I've seen people come back from far, far, far worse from than this and come back and flourished many times. It's it's so it's always possible. But to say is it's nothing to be concerned about. No, it's 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 something to be concerned about. All right, Dave Meltzer, as always, great time talking with you. Uh, the newsletter came out this week. What are some things that people can read about? Oh, well, my God, we had a lot on uh, the punk thing, the Chris Jericho contract, the uh, the road dog situation. As far as talking about why Billy Gunn wasn't at the DX reunion, we actually went into depth on that. Was and, it really uh, something as simple as just not being able to say AEW on TV like the WWE didn't want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much came down to that. Really? And, yeah. And, uh, you know, all, you know, big story on the Hall of Fame, big story on the, tr the last Triple Mania show and um, just a lot of other stuff. It was a very busy week. It, it always seems to be. I thought that like last week was going to be just like oh, this one isn't going to be so bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, the punk thing, you know, um, you know, that that coming out, I think, ended up being pretty big news. But a lot, a lot of AEW news and, and a decent amount of WWE news uh, over the week. Yeah. And just, some and a couple of tragedies too, unfortunately. And again, if you want to read all that, Dave does a great job, of course, covering all these stories. I, I just want to circle back to the punk thing one more time here. Seeing a few fan commentaries like this, and I wanted your thoughts on it. Good, bad, or indifferent here. Is it safe to say that if punk goes, and if punk goes by way of buyout and just disappears from this, is this possibly the biggest blown opportunity for the greatest return in recent wrestling history. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's something to that. Um, I mean, he, he had the big pop at first. You got that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, it, you know, it really could have been a wonderful, wonderful story. And it certainly started out that way. And he seemed so happy, which I think is one of the sad parts to me watching this. He really did seem so happy. And Tony was thrilled beyond belief with him. And um you know, I, I hated to see how it um, devolved, you know, and there's probably a lot of reasons, some of which we know and some of which we don't know, because, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. There's there's really a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know and, and could see building and everything. And it just it could have been a great, great story. And Punk could have been a great ambassador for the company and, uh, you know, flagship player along with some of the others. And um Obviously, he helped business and obviously the thing, you know, with him leaving hurt business and things turned out the way they did.
Well, we don't know if it's going to turn out for sure, though, and that's something to keep in mind as well. I think that it's it's still it's still six months before he can return, and and I like to think time can heal wounds, but it also feels to me that it's going to be um, difficult. I don't want to say impossible, but it's going to be difficult. Well, and that's just it. See, I have, again, forever the optimist here on this end, and this isn't just for being a fan of the guy or anything. For me, I'm a fan of wrestling. I'm a fan of good wrestling. I'm a fan of of I like liking things. I've said this a million times before on the show here, so. To, to jump on the bandwagon of, oh, this person's suddenly like the worst person ever for AEW. I mean, remember when he was the best guy ever a year ago? You know, like it just it doesn't it doesn't weigh out to me either way. You know what I mean? So who will see what happens, I guess, Dave. But thank you, as always, sir, for sharing your thoughts here. And uh, again, uh, slap fighting. I'll sign up if you do. OK. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, sir. Okay, you have a great week, too. Coming up next, the legendary Butterbean issues a challenge right here on Sunday night's main event. We're back in just a few. Submit your feedback to Sunday night's main event by joining the group on Facebook. Search SNME Radio. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. If you're a fan of Sunday night's main event, check out WrestlingObserver.com, a daily podcast, multiple podcasts per day, with hosts Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and a number of others. You get a full library of podcasts dating back to 2005, over 9,000 shows, hundreds of back issues of Dave's Wrestling Observer newsletter dating back to 1991, and so much more. Don't miss out. Check it out today, WrestlingObserver.com. I'm in the arsenal, and I'm with Baller Gear. Hi, I'm Chad Jeter, and I'm with Baller Gear. I'm Ricky Collins Jr., and I'm with Baller Gear. Baller Gear is the official home for the CG brand, 39 Sack, Root Demons, Shack One, Manny Show, Front Happy Collections, and more. We're also the newest home for the official tees from SNME Radio. Check out the selection of tees today at ballergear.ca. WWE was in the heart of the Attitude Era. WrestleMania 15 was at the first Union Center in Philadelphia, PA. Of course, in the main event, it was Steve Austin versus The Rock in a no-DQ match for the championship. It was also a show that saw The Undertaker hang the big boss man from the Hell in a Cell steel cage. And that appearance by the IBA Super Heavyweight Champion of the World, Butterbean, against Bart Gunn 
in a culmination from that year's Brawl for All tournament, which saw Butterbean dispose of Bart Gunn rather quickly. Now, the Brawl for All has been talked about. I do bring it up a little bit in this chat, but it was a great time hanging out last night with Butterbean. Eric Esch, this guy has made an amazing career for himself in the world of professional wrestling, professional boxing, mixed martial arts, spectacle fighting. Had a chance to talk to him about that and a lot more. Plus, he reaffirms on a call-out that he made earlier this year, right here on Sunday night's main event. It's Mike McGuire here coming to you from the Saskatoon Inn and Conference Center, where I just finished ring announcing a night of Copus boxing, some great amateur boxing here in the prairies in Canada. And a guy that was largely responsible for packing the house tonight, besides these great young athletes, former super heavyweight champion of the world, the king of the four rounds, Butterbean. Hey, nice to be here, Mike. You know, anytime you can take time out of your life to help support the kids, because that's our future. If the kids are in trouble all the time on the street, not, not in the gym being disciplined, no telling what kind of trouble they get in. I mean, these kids, are they fight their hearts out in the gym every day. They come here and they get to, get to perform in front of their friends and family, and that's an awesome night. Now, I was talking to your wife, Libby, earlier, and she's on the road with you for all these appearances at Comic-Cons and everything. You drove 30 hours to be here? You know what? You got to do what you got to do to make, make events happen, and I'm glad to be here. And on top of this, you're three weeks out of just having, was it double hip? Well, I had one hip about three months ago and the other hip about a month ago. So, yeah, I've had both hips done recently. Wow. And how you feeling? Is it feeling better? I'm feeling awesome. Yeah. Was it one of those situations they say sometimes you can get up and, like, start walking right away? Or was it a couple I, days? I was up that day walking. I and mean, we went to the hospital at 5 in the morning by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I was back at the house. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, you look great. You were telling me before the fights tonight that you're actually built under 300 right now. Yeah, I've never fought under 300. I've, the lightest I've ever fought was like 315, so I'm a good 20 pounds under what I've ever fought at. Wow, that's amazing. How do you feel? Is everything like feeling awesome? Yeah. I mean, I'm getting around going like six months ago. I was in a wheelchair, so now I'm walking up and getting around going good. That's absolutely it. So, obviously, we're a pro wrestling show. I mean... <laughs> You've talked about it to death, so I don't really want to go into the whole Brawl for All thing. There's a great dark side of the ring. Uh, there's tons of interviews about you talking about the Brawl for All situation and everything else. But there was one angle that I don't think has ever been discussed more than maybe what was done in the Dark Side of the Ring episode. And Bart Gunn did talk about the fact that he trained like a boxer for this, whereas all the other matches he had up beforehand were in fact just kind of free for all Donnie Brooks and that's what he should have done. He should have come he still would have got knocked out, don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. he should have come out just swinging like he did with everybody else. He might have had a little bit better chance. He wouldn't look just silly. Okay, so that's the, the Bart Gun question. We have to do it because we're a pro wrestling show. But I gotta say I'm more fascinated with your career overall. I told you before I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a sports entertainment fan. I'm a big fan of the spectacle fights. I like guys like you that come in not looking like your average boxer and you come in and you destroy things. I mean, I, I spent the whole afternoon before I came to the matches tonight actually just watching some of your knockouts and some of your greatest hits, and it was fun to go back and see those, but you've been kind of one of those guys who wasn't afraid to dabble and move around as well. A lot of people know you, obviously, as a super heavyweight boxer, but there was kickboxing, there was MMA, and there was even some pro wrestling. I've in done there. every kind of mixed martial art, mixed Every kind of combat sport there is, including sumo wrestling in Japan. Wow. So I've done it all. How did that go? It went and didn't go good for me, but, you know, Bob Sapp had a lot more experience in that, you know, field. You know, that's I did have a fight with Sapp, but it was in the sumo wrestling ring. So, out of 
your career in, in the fight game and mixed martial arts in sports entertainment, what do you think has been your biggest contribution to fans and, and what do you hope to kind of be remembered for? I, I had fun. I mean, that's, you know, people remember me being a good guy and having fun and helping support the young kids moving up in the ranks. It's, you know, Andy Rua stopped me when he was a little kid. He was going to quit fighting. And, you know, I told him, don't worry about what the kid's saying, Jim. You just keep punching. You knock him out. I ended up winning the World Heavyweight title. Take me through that time when, when you were everywhere on, on the ESPNs and on, uh, oh, man, what was it, Title Fight and, uh, you know, TKO Network and all those old pay-per-view networks and everything. When you look at boxing then versus what boxing is now, are you, are you into the whole Trilla and all these other, like, kind of celebrity super fights? I'll let you know after I knock out Jake Paul. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, you have a great evening, my friend. I, I got to ask you on that, though. Is there one more in the tank? That's it. You have, you have to watch that fight. It's going to be a good battle. Oh, boy. We'd heard about it back in June. Butterbean was challenging Jake Paul. These Paul brothers, man. They just, they just find a way to make money, either beating themselves up or beating other dudes up. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, Butterbean, he's got the, the new hips in. He's feeling good. He's looking good. Could he do it? Could he shut one of these Paul boys up? Jake Paul, if you want to come on the show and give your thoughts on that and maybe confirm that this fight's going to happen, you're always welcome. Uh, SNMERadio.com. You can find me at McGuire Show on social to uh, leave your thoughts on that. All right, coming up before we go, it was one of the most heartfelt promos we heard this week. MJF, is this the eventual babyface turn that fans are waiting for, or could it be the biggest mistake of the year? Some thoughts on MJF next on Sunday night's main event. You're listening to Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Here in Canada, we have several regionally specific phrases that arise when said vernacular is considered appropriate, i.e., the funny-sounding term, shinny. Shinny is a game of ice hockey played without the standard head-to-toe body armor. Instead, only skates, gloves, a hockey stick, and preferably a helmet is worn. And, if you're Mike Lackey, GLB's brewmaster, you wear the same pair of shinny pants day in and day out from December until March. A common code of ethics is employed during a game of shinny. For example, raising the puck off the ice is strongly discouraged, for fear of being struck in the shins or worse, elsewhere. However, the most common practice takes place off the sheet of ice. Mandatory post-shinny beverages with your team, and boy does Great Lakes Brewery have the beer for that. Shinny Pants Session Stout, a beer inspired by Mr. Lackey's well-worn and well-stained pants. Oh man, you spilled beer on my shinny pants, bud. Shinny Pants Session Stout. Drink it fresh, please. Here's the email you sent me. Max, I'm a very, very busy man. I've got talent from all over the world to watch, and I've just had to sit for minutes watching you, and you put this in quotations, show me your acting skills. Do not reply to this, but how would this make me say, oh, I know, let's hire Max. Make a name for yourself in the wrestling world and you'll get noticed. That means being a high-level performer. When you do, trust me, I'll know. Unfortunately for you, the game has changed. The WWE exclusively hires the best talent in the world to the top world-class athletes. When you're one of them, then maybe send me your stuff. Yours sincerely, William Regal. 
That's the email you sent to a 19-year-old kid, a child with a dream, and you squandered it! Welcome back to Sunday Night's Main Event. I'm Mike McGuire. Joining me right now, he is one of our brothers from Different Mothers here on the SNME Radio Podcast Network. You may have heard him already this weekend going down the NXT Halloween Havoc podcast, which was last night. Uh, first of all, that was a nut show. That ladder match alone for the North American Heavyweight Championship, that was uh, that was something. I That was like one of those hard-to-digest matches. But Matt Ederer is here. How are you, sir? Uh, bonjour. Thank you very much for having me, man. I am well. It's always an honor to be here. And yeah, that ladder match, I like you said, I'm still digesting it, still soaking it all in. Some of the craziest things I've ever seen in a wrestling ring happened in that ladder match on NXT last night. You know what surprises me about this? And I want to talk about this next week more with Meltzer and maybe get your guys' thoughts on it as well. We see a match like that in NXT and it had, for all intents and purposes, a lot of the same car crash style stuff that we see in AEW but we're not coming off this show with the injury list like we normally do off an AEW show. Do you think there's something there for what do you think is different in the two styles? You think that's because really, it, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. Like I, uh, I don't know if there's anything different in the style other than NXT does these big shows once every four months and yeah. the AEW guys are going all out every single night yeah. or, or twice a week at least. Right. Yeah, then, then maybe that's it. Maybe it's just something as simple as the frequency. Okay. Anyway, the reason I have you on, Matt, you and uh, Dan Lavransky were talking about the promo that MJF laid out this past Wednesday on Dynamite. If you have not heard it, go back and watch the show. You can find it on YouTube everywhere. It was very heartfelt. It was very emotional. Matt, I have to ask you, is this the beginning of the babyface turn? Like, complete babyface turn. I'm talking Stone Cold Steve Austin. In his prime, selling the shirts, getting the fan support behind him. Is this the turn? It could be. The promo was good enough that they could go in that direction. What I think is happening is it's William Regal's heel turn. That's where I think this is going. Okay, fair enough. He did have that sinister grin. He had talked about being the original villain, you know, and and talking about how he did things in the confines of the ring that were despicable. But at the same time, he didn't lay hands on people like Tony Schiavone. At the end of the promo, though, MJF says, you know, this is when I'm going to cash in my chip. I'm going to cash in at full gear. And for once in my miserable life, I'm going to earn it. It's pretty hard to pretty hard to argue. I think that it's a babyface turn for MJF. That's that's fair. Uh, but if they were to do the power of the punch, William Regal knocks out uh, John Moxley. I think that line is perfectly set up to make the boo of even more. Right. But you're right. You're right. They could go either way. I think MJF is so talented. You wouldn't think it to see his character now, but he could pull off the baby face thing and it would be a way to completely change him, evolve his personality, evolve his persona in wrestling. I almost hope they do it. I kind of don't think they have the balls for lack of a better word. I don't know if they, if they have the courage to, take their biggest heel, their most entertaining heel, and turn them babyface. That's the fear that I have, and I'm going to go into it the total 180 here, where I still think it's too soon. You have people like Sherry Shepard going on national television broadcasts talking about how much she hates MJF. <laughs> and this is, this is someone who we as wrestling fans may know that she is a wrestling fan, but to her core audience, it doesn't make any sense that she would say that for any other reason than to get people to not like him. And if we get rid of that now, 
I mean, doesn't that kind of juxtaposition AEW in a position where they don't have a top heel anymore? It's certainly not somebody like MJF. You could argue there are guys on the roster who could kind of fill that role, but I don't know, man. Like, do you think? Do you think that even Swerve Scott, who I love, think has a plus potential? You think he could be that big a heel? I don't no. know. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. But the flip side is, what if MJF has the potential to be a Stone Cold? St- Steve Austin, a rock style baby face, right? Like what if he has that level of breakthrough potential to the next level? He certainly has a a level of charisma we haven't seen in a very long time in the wrestling business. It's not insane to think he could star in a TV show, be be in a movie or two here and there. Well, his biggest program isn't happening anymore, and that was the expected one with CM Punk. So now Moxley's in the place of the world champion that MJF is getting after. We're getting some real emotion behind it. I guess the question remains now, where are the fans going to gravitate to? And are they leaving money on the table? That's the biggest question, because that's what this business comes down to at the end of it, is how much money can they get out of this? Do they get more money with MJF going full-on babyface with Regal? Does that mean he blows up the Blackpool Combat Club? Or do, like what happens there? Well, we're kind of seeming like Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta have some beef right now. Moxley Mm. is going to take a vacation at some point. We know that. Wouldn't surprise me to see the Blackpool Combat Club kind of explode. It honestly wouldn't. uh, Better to burn out than fade away, as they say, Mike. Well, they're selling so many of those hoodies, though. All right. (laughs) Well, there you have it, Matt Edder. You can hear him every week on our podcast network, uh, the BAM podcast as well as NXT Talk. And, of course, that free recap from NXT Halloween Havoc that happened just last night. Matthew, thank you very much for your time today. No worries, man. As I said, always a pleasure. Also, bam, coming up, top 34 matches in the history of the great city of Toronto. We're shouting out Austin Matthews doing a top 34. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ah, I see. Can't wait for our number one match, Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. Two minutes of thunder. That's what it felt like to me, baby. All right. Matt, thank you very much, sir. Everybody, thank you for listening. And we're going to throw this up on the Facebook as well. We'll throw a little Polsky up here. MJF face turn, good or bad, your thoughts. We'll talk about it more next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Letting me do what I do. Play safe, drive safe. Ah, Be seeing you.